0: tonight romans chapter 13 romans 13 if you notice we have just been go, we are going through as we've gone through the book of romans we got to chapter 12 does anyone need a handout tonight nick's got those back there and so and Alf, alfred's got those alfredo i always say alfred or alfredo romans 13 this is the sermon everybody wants to hear these are some of, and I'll tell you this: some of these verses tonight we're going to look at. These are the ones that a lot of Christians over the past year and a half proclaimed and really went big on. And tonight, as I go through here, you might disagree with what I say. You might have your own opinions on what I say tonight. But um, I'm the pastor preaching the message up here tonight, so keep your opinions to yourself. That would be good. And I think at the end of the day, we'll all agree pretty well on here. And so. We'll see as we go through If you notice chapter 12 When we went through there We saw the believers duties We saw our duty To be a living sacrifice We saw how our duty to the body Of Christ And how we each have gifts We're supposed to take those gifts And use those gifts And then two weeks ago we saw Our duty for other believers And how we are to act And to get along with God's people Paul continues this theme Into chapter 13 and we see the believer's secular duty in this world. Romans 13, verse number 1, let's dive in tonight. Ten verses tonight. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God. And they shall resist, and they that resist shall receive in themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is a minister of God to thee for good but if thou do that which is evil be afraid for he beareth not the sword in vain for he is the minister of God a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil wherefore ye must needs be subject not only for wrath but also for conscience sake for for this cause pay ye tribute also oh boy we're talking about taxes tonight too for they are the men or they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom is due, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Take a few minutes tonight. And look at our duty before God. And before we dive in tonight, I know there's some out there like, well, Jesus was, and well, Paul wasn't talking about living under the Biden administration or in America today. No, he's talking about Rome. Do we really need to go down that road? He was talking about Rome. And there are points where you gotta stand up for the truth. We're gonna talk about that tonight. But there are other times that it is our job to obey them. They are ministers of God. That's what the Bible says. It's interesting being a police chaplain now for our city. I get spend a lot of time around a lot of different officers. And several of them said they really feel like it's a calling from God what they do. And I tell them, I now not all of them are Christians. But a lot of the ones they feel that God's called them to do what they do. And I do believe that they are ministers of God in what they do. And we'll talk a little bit deeper about these things tonight. And some of you, don't tune me out already. You'll be okay. You'll be all right. You need the truth of God's word. God's word is always correct, even when you don't like it to be correct. It's always correct. And we need God's word. So let's have a word of prayer, and we'll dive in. I know some of you are thinking, couldn't you just talk about God loving the world that he gave his only begotten son? That was this morning. This is Sunday night. This is a little tougher meet for the Christian tonight, but we'll get through it. Father, we need you, and we love you, and we thank you for this passage of Scripture. I pray that you'd help us tonight and guide us tonight through this passage. I pray you'd guide my tongue words. There are lots of times, and especially on this topic, on some of this, I'd love to throw my thoughts in as well. But I want to try and leave Brian's thoughts out, and I want to just go with what your word says and stick with what you think. That's always better when we do that. Bless the time that we have. We love you. We need you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. There are three institutions that God has set up in this world, and they're ordained by God in this world. Each one of them, you've got to understand something, there are levels of authority and submission in each and every institution that God has established. The beginning in your notes, I want to give you the three institutions, and we'll get into the message tonight. The first institution that God's given us, he gave us the family. Number one, he gave us the family. You look right away, it was Adam and Eve, and then their kids came along. The first institution God set up was the family. When we think about the family, the family is a small community of related people who have, the, you know, their, they care for one another, they love one another, they live together. There's a fellowship, there's a sharing, there's a labor and provision. There's also submission and authority when it comes to the family. I'm not going to park here long because some don't like to hear it. But the Bible says that we're supposed to submit ourselves one to another in the fear of God. And then the Bible also says that a wife is to submit to her husband. That's Bible. You know what would help America's homes today? If dads would step up and be the head of the home that God's called them to be. And this isn't a marriage teaching class tonight or a family class, but the problem we have is a lot of ladies got to step up and be the head in the home because the husband doesn't step up. Somebody's got to do the job. Men need to step up to their place, but on the other side of that too, ladies, you need to let them do what God's called them to do. There's a reason why God placed the man as the head of the home and not the lady. And does that mean that the man tramples? No, that's not what that means but when it comes down a man's supposed to lead and guide his home in the things of God and we could get into a whole sermon on that but I'm not going to go there tonight but there's a submitting of one to another there's a submitting there with these things we also see if we are to go further you have children children don't run the roost children are supposed to submit and obey the authorities of their parents in their lives that's how God made it if you want a happy home you need children that will submit and listen to their parents, and you need a mom and dad working together in the things of God, and at the end of the day, the husband leading the home. That leads to a happy home. A lot of our homes are not happy because we don't do things in God's way. And parents, you got to get to the point, too, where your children don't run things. They should not. The world should, you need to, and I've I, I got to work on myself, my kids, my kids. I am not an expert on child rearing at all because my oldest is only 10 and I've got a long ways to go. I will never say I'm an expert. We'll see someday when they have kids if I did a good job on some things, okay? I can tell in this room, I could just tell you, there are several in this room, they got some goods because I've seen they got good kids and good families. They've done a good job. And sometimes kids get away too. You can't control when they get to a certain age what they do. And sometimes that happens as well, but I want you to understand Sometimes we let our kids think the world revolves around them. They're in for a rude awakening as they get older. The world does not revolve around them. You need to teach them the world revolves around Jesus and put that as the center of things. But the first institution God set up is the family, number one in the Bible. That's why it's so important that you protect your home, you protect your family. It is vital. Your family needs to be important. See, many people in ministry and pastors in ministry that have lost their families, and I'll tell you something, if you lose your family, you've lost your most important ministry God's given you. That is the most important ministry you'll ever have. More than the job you have, anything else in this world is the family that God's given you. That's the first institution God set up, and it's set up that way on purpose. Second institution is the church. The church is a small community of believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, We worship together. We serve the Lord together. And we care for one another. The head of the church is Jesus Christ. He is the head. There is no other head. There's not multiple heads. There's one head. His name's Jesus Christ. But in the church, God puts those in authority in the church. And I'm not going to teach a lesson on it tonight. But God places a pastor in a church, and there is this thing called pastoral authority. And that's not to be used and abused and a lot of times it does get carried away in that realm that that my job is to feed the flock of God I'm not supposed to do it for any gain for myself I'm not supposed to do it lording over you I'm supposed to do it and be an example to you and there's a lot more I get into all that but God does place pastors, there's an important role there there's an important role and you see deacons we go down that line in the church but you see when God's orders maintain and Christ is the head of the church and then under the Lord, the Lord places a pastor there, and then the congregation works together. Things go well when things are maintained in order, just like in the home. Third institution, the one we're going to look at tonight, is the government. The government is a larger community of people who are brought together under central leadership. They have, an, they have as their interest the mutual good of all other citizens, or they should and the submission of the citizens to the authorities of the government will produce a good society. I could There's so much I could say, but I'm not, I'm not going to say it there tonight. In the last of these three institutions, government-wise, we see in these verses tonight. Since we are part of a secular society, there's going to be government authority over us we just as we have responsibilities within our church within our local body within the other believers in christ and how we respond and treat them we have a responsibility on how we live in this world that's what this is talking about we have a responsibility as we look at these things we looked at chapter 12 it spoke at length about our duties on the spiritual and social level in this chapter it's more secular matters and how they relate to those outside the church and so as we look here tonight i just want to take a few minutes and talk about a believer's secular duty number one as we dive in we see the submissive aspect of our duty the submissive aspect of our duty no one likes the word submission when i talk about submitting one to another or Wives submitting to their husbands, that just gets some bristles. A lot of people don't like the words to submit. I think some young people think, when I get to be 18 years old, I'm not going to have to submit to anybody. Wrong. You, all your whole life you're submitting to somebody. I don't care who you are. You say, that my job. No, you're going to submit to somebody. There's someone over you in every area. just the way it works. You say, no, I'm my own person. I don't submit to anybody. Go out and drive fast home tonight and see what happens. And tell the officer, I don't submit to anybody. I just do what I want and see what happens, okay? Don't pull over. See what happens. Don't do it. As we look at these things tonight, we got to realize something. We all like control. And don't tell me you don't like control. We all like control. We do. That's why we have a hard time with authority at times. That's why we have a hard time submitting at times because we like control. And when we look at this and things around us and we look at these verses, the Bible is very clear on some things I want you to see tonight. Number Letter A underneath number one, we see the command of God. What does God command? What does God command? Read verse number one with me. Let every soul be subject to... Under the higher powers. For there is no power but of God, and the powers that be are ordained of God. When you think about, and I mentioned a few minutes ago, you think about the political climate of Rome. Paul writing these words is pretty remarkable. Rome was being ruled by a man by the name of Nero during this time. He was one of the most wicked rulers rome ever had and even his mother and his wife he had executed that's how bad nero was he's notorious for blaming a fire that decimated rome on christians and this resulted in tens of thousands of christians dying by persecution because they were blamed for some fire that took place the command is simple and it is clear in this verse Believers are to willfully submit to secular authorities. Now hold on before you get too crazy on me. Many have a problem with that. Yet it is still a command from God in His Word. But there are times where civil governments step outside the realm and tell us something that we should not do that God's word clearly says that we must do. And when it comes down to obeying God or obeying man, God always wins. That's why the past, you know, we look at the past couple of years coming up on us. You know, for the first couple of weeks of COVID, we closed our doors. Looking back on it, never should have closed the doors. Shouldn't have. But hindsight's twenty twenty. I was telling someone that earlier today. You say well the government was just looking out Maybe they were, maybe they're not God commands his people to gather together You say is that something worth fighting for? Yes it is If the government says you can't meet together But God's word says we need to meet together Who wins? God's word should win And there are other, you think about the disciples Did they, Remember what they told them? Acts chapter number five, verse twenty five through forty two. That's long in your notes there, but let's look at it. It says, Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, these men whom he put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people lest they should not be, should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. I didn't hear many churches talking about that a year ago, two years ago. I heard a lot of Romans 13. I didn't hear that. And it says, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus. They told him, we don't want you preaching in that name. And I love how Peter just starts mentioning Jesus' name right before them anyways. This is the guy who denied the Lord three times. Something's changed. I think it's called the Holy Spirit. But anyways, as we see here, it says... And we keep on reading, The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom he slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God has given to them that obey him. When they heard that, they were cut to their hearts and took counsel to slay them. Then stood there up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people, and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. And said unto them, ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves that ye intend to do as touching those men. For before these days rose up Thaddeus, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men... About 400 joined themselves, who was slain, and all, as many as um, obeyed him, were scattered and brought to naught. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of taxing, and drew away much people after him, he also perished, and all, even as they obeyed him, were dispersed. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men, and let them alone, for if this council Or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it, lest haply ye be found even to fight against God. And to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name, and daily and in the temple and in every house they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. We see that before our very eyes right here. I want you to understand though as we look at this there are things that we look at that are not so biblical things and we want to stand up against our government. you got to be very careful and let the Holy Spirit lead you in those areas. You know, there was a new, what's the new rule a couple days ago? There's a mask mandate in California. Say, should I obey it or should I not obey it? What should I do? I'm not giving you my opinion tonight. I will tell you this, if you read the mandate itself, It says they're looking for voluntary compliance. So if I voluntarily don't comply, that's what they're looking at. But sometimes we look and we make, we look at our government, we look at things, and we use God as an excuse not to follow certain things. Be very careful when you do that. Because God put our authorities in place you're like I don't like it I don't think Paul liked Nero either did he and you know then others start saying well what about when America was founded were they wrong for stepping out people are so funny the things that they bring up they were fighting for religious liberty we need religious liberty I think that's a cause worth fighting for But our fight today is for the cause of Christ, not for the cause of America. That, some Christians don't like to hear that. And I get it. You're like, well, if America, if the ideals in America fail, I get it. We are very blessed to be able to have church and to have the things that we do. We are very blessed. But you also see that when people take for granted The things that God's given to them He eventually takes them away And God brings in Look at what happened to Israel over and over again And God's judgment does come But we see as we look at this tonight And we dive a little deeper We see the command of God We are to listen to our authorities Letter B We see the control of God It says the powers that be Are ordained of God do you believe that tonight I've heard many a Christian he's not my president he cheated to get in you're never going to find out all the details and know exactly what happened I don't care who your favorite YouTuber is that you follow they don't know all the details And if you go to CNN or Fox to get the news from them, they aren't going to tell you the truth either. They will give you bits of truth and a lot of other stuff, and you will not find the complete truth. There's one source of truth. It's the Word of God. You can trust it in every area. But I will tell you this tonight. I believe 100% tonight that God ordained Joe Biden to be our president right now. I believe that God ordained... Gavin Newsom to be our governor (laughs) I do that's Bible God raises up kings and he takes them down and what we I still think we have it better here in America than what we really deserve but I do love those little stickers on the gas pumps those are my favorite I did that anyways we'll leave that one alone you say well why you say do you believe God really co- God does control all of it like I got so many Christians there's never going to be a fair election again in America Just calm down relax a little bit who is in control of everything God is You say, no, but Satan runs everything. He does run the world, doesn't he? But he's not really in control. God is in control. God puts who's in where they need to be. So you can rest assured. I believe that in 2016, God put Donald Trump as our president, and God wanted him to be our president during that time. I believe that God wants Joe Biden to be our president right now. God knows. It's all in his hands. He is in control. And if you can't trust him in those areas, how do you trust him for anything else? God has things he is under, he's got everything under control. And when you think about the Lord holds all power within himself, Psalm 62:11, God has spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto the Lord. Daniel two twenty one, 21. And man, Daniel sure had a great guy to work under, huh? Nebuchadnezzar was a great guy. And he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that no understand. He removes them. He sets up. I say, Pastor, are you worried about future elections? Sure. Look at where our world's headed. But at the end of the day, I slept just fine November 2nd and 3rd and 4th and 5th. Because I knew God would take care of it, and who needed to be there would be there. You might say, well, I say, "Why, just don't... God, do you trust God and he's in control? If he's in control trust him. Some people don't like that, but it's true. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean I'm not going to say it. I think you know me well enough to know that. God is in control. Letter C. The counsel of God with those truths in mind. That God wants us to listen to our government authorities and that God sets them up. I want you to see the counsel of God and what he tells us. Look at verse number 2, 3, and 4. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is a minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. When we talk about the counsel of God here, number one, we see obey governmental laws. Since rulers rule by the consent of the Lord, if we rebel against the rules of our land, then we're rebelling against God. As I mentioned, when it goes God's laws and man's laws go against one another, God's laws are always the ones we go with. Because we obey God before we obey men. You know, there are some things, and I hope that this will be true if that day ever comes, there are some things I will go to jail for and be persecuted for if it goes against the Word of God. That should be every Christian's belief. That's what happened in the Bible. They weren't persecuted because they did wrong. They were obeying God and not doing what man wanted them to do. That's how it should be. But we need to learn as we look at these things, we need to obey the laws around us. If God's word is clear and our government goes against what God says, we need to follow God. And Paul tells us here in these verses that rulers are not against those who do good. The idea here is not that we will have respect our way and our way works. At the end of the day, it's not talking about behavior. The idea here is that when we follow the rules of the land... Will be found in favor with the leaders and those in those authority places. At the end of the day, last year when we opened our doors back up, I talked to our mayor. I talked to the chief of our police department. I talked to the 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 head of the city of the county board. I didn't ask them for permission. But they are our authorities. I sent Newsom an email too. You probably never got it. But I said, we're opening our church up. We're going to do what God wants us to do. I respect you. I pray for you. And my prayer is that you're trying to do what's best for the people. But I've got to do what God's called me to do. And I'm sorry if you don't like it. But I've got to do what God wants me to do. Our mayor, our chief of police, the head council member, Of the board, they all were grateful that our church would open back up. That was my first interaction with our chief of police. It was seven months later that I became a chaplain with the police department. And he's like, You're the guy who wrote me that email. He liked that. Cause there were other renegades that just did their own thing and made it real loud and boisterous I wasn't loud and boisterous but we were going to open back up but God did place those people as authorities in our lives I still don't know how health officials get authority in the government but anyways, Brian I said I wasn't going to bring that up, bring things up tonight, but we need to obey governmental laws, number two, and we got to finish up here tonight, you guys, you guys are doing great, some of you I know are biting your tongue a little bit but you're doing good We need to observe governmental leaders. Verse 4, look at what it says. For he is a minister of God to thee for good. For if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is a minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. The Bible makes it clear that the government is the arm of the Lord to maintain order in a society to walk in step with the laws of men is to enjoy peace think about that one there for a minute to rebel is to feel the wrath of men and this is something when we already talked about God has handed judgment to men and we are under obligation to obey those that are in authority over us and we are to observe them most people that have a problem with our police today have problems with our police today because they're always getting in trouble with them and I don't care what color your skin is I don't care what goes on in your life most people that have a positive view of our police department are the ones that haven't gotten in trouble say they just didn't treat me right when I was in the back of their car To get in the back of the car. The, I know people don't like hearing that, but there's truth there. All these people that defund the police and all this stuff in our world today, there are bad apples out there. There's bad apples in all sorts of different areas. But you do the wrong thing, that's why you have a do what's right and you can have a good relationship. And you and I both know there are times we get pulled over for speeding, and we deserve it. Or that's the one time that we actually weren't speeding too bad, but we remember those other times that we really were speeding. Or it could just be like Caroline handing them your debit card instead of your license, and it's all okay. So, did I just say that tonight? I did say that, didn't I? Totally got her out of it. Just hand the debit card to them. I don't know if if you're trying to bribe them. That wouldn't be good either, but... Anyways, we'll leave that there. I told her now, since I am a chaplain with the Chino PD, she is not allowed to get pulled over now. Because I will never hear the end of it. And it will come back to me. And uh, I also got to be careful in that room. But we see number one tonight. We're just about done. We're going to get through these last two points real quick. We see the submissive aspect of our duty. Number two, number two, we see the supportive aspect of our duty. verse 6 and 7 says for this, for, for this cause pay ye tribute also for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing render therefore to all their dues tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear honor to whom honor letter A, our duty is to render monetary support these verses have to do with the area of paying taxes There's not a person in this room that likes to pay taxes. And even a lot of the things they use our taxes for makes no sense. And it's a shame that our taxes could be used for anything wrong, and it should not be allowed. You know, we talk about, we look at California. They had this surplus last year. So why did we raise taxes on gasoline if we had a surplus? That makes no sense to me. But anyway, so you can think on that one. But when we look at it, the Lord wants us to pay our taxes. There are many Christians out there that have tried to avoid it and go around it. That's not being a good Christian. Didn't Jesus say, who's on that coin? Oh, Caesar is. So give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. I'll also tell you this, if you're paying the government taxes and you're not giving to God, shame on you for giving to the government before you give to God. But anyways, I'll save that one right there. One other little thought down that area. The past couple weeks, the Lord has brought in a lot of money into our church. The sad thing to me is it's not through God's people here. It's people on the outside. And I sincerely believe that God could take care of his church here in a supply above and beyond. God's people that are here but if God's people here don't do it he's going to have people on the outside take care of things too because God always takes care of his church I just think it would be great if our church stepped up and did what we should do I'll leave that there and let you think on that for a little bit B plus you're here on Sunday night so you're, the, you're all the givers anyway so let it be our duty to render moral support we're commanded to fear and honor those who rule over us Even if we cannot respect the person, respect the position they hold. I could never respect Biden. He's our president. It is an honor and a privilege in America to hold the office of president. And you go back and you trace it and you look at George Washington, our first president. He could have set up so his family was set for years to come. I love the way our government was set up, that we vote our leaders in every four years. As awful as the man behind the presidency might be, he should be respected and honored because the position he holds by God's people. God's people should not be the ones cracking all the jokes, mocking him and all the things that go on. We saw a few years ago that's what the world did when there was a more conservative guy in office. So why should a Christian do the same thing that the world would do when a conservative's in office? When a liberal's in office? There should be something different about a Christian. Instead of complaining, and there's a lot of complaining you could do, when's the last time you prayed for your president? That's a command from God. When's the last time you prayed for your governor? Do you know what God did to Nebuchadnezzar? Nebuchadnezzar, by the end of his days, acknowledged God as being the God of heaven. I think Nebuchadnezzar got saved. I really do. He had a long road to get to where he got to. But if God could change a man like Nebuchadnezzar, God could change a new He could. But when's the last time you prayed for your leaders? what we need and we need to give honor to whom honors due. and even when the person's not that re- honor position those that serve in our community in the police force are all of them great people no but they most of them do their very best and work crazy hours to keep you protected honor the position you might not be able to honor all of them, but honor the position. Number three, it's so quiet tonight. Why is it so quiet? We see number three, the spiritual aspect of our duty. We're rounding that finish line. Oh, 708. Wow, what happened? You guys sang too many songs tonight. It's all your fault. The spiritual aspect of our duty. Just look, and we're ending here. Verse number eight says, Oh, no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Basically, all the last six commandments of the ten are summed up in, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. We see letter A as we finish up here, our spiritual aspect of our duty, liber- letter A. We are to be a liberated people. This verse tells us that we are to owe no man anything. And, of course, we think about that financially. This is not talking about financially at the moment. But I think it's a very good thing. And be very careful about your debts. And the, uh, in our world, its debt is getting crazier and crazier. And do your best not to owe anyone anything. But that's really, that's taking this verse out of context from where it's at. But that is a great idea and something that we should do. But the idea here is that we are to render honor to those whom honor is due, fear to whom fear is due, custom whom custom is due, and taxes to those who taxes are due. And Paul's telling the Roman Christian here that they are to meet every social obligation without fail. The own, oh no man, anything goes back to the verses previous honor give honor to whom honors do you see those verses there give tribute to whom tributes do custom do custom fear to whom fear don't owe no man those things do them that's what it's saying right here and the command for us in our day is to render them and to do these things whether we agree or not when we do these things we honor god by the way that we live and how we respect and honor those around us. Let her be, and we're finished here tonight, we are to be a loving people. If there is to be a debt that we have, let it be a debt of love. When we love God as we should, we will always love others like we should. When this is true in our lives, we will have no problem obeying those that we don't like because we're doing things God's way. Jesus said that this world, how would this world know that we are followers of the Lord? By our love for one another. Say, who is that included? Was that only the group that, by the way we love one another? Not by you carrying your King James Bible walking down the street. Or having your hair parted and looking as good as I do tonight—that's not what. It, that's not it. It's not it. How are people going to know you're a follower of Christ by the way you treat others? We are to be a loving people. As we look at this world around us, there's a lot of reasons to be discouraged and, dis- and concerned. yet we need to understand this truth that the powers that be are there because they've been ordained by God let's respect their positions, honor them as individuals, and obey the laws, and when they come to those laws that go against God let's do what God tells us to